And we are super psyched to welcome our newest sponsor, Thunder Road Guitars. Thunder Road Guitars is the Pacific Northwest best source for premium, new, used, and vintage guitars, amplifiers, and pedals. Online or in their Seattle, that's West Seattle, or Portland stores. You'll find fantastic customer service and a terrific vibe. I know because I'm in there a lot. Grab a cup of coffee, swing on in, don't spill your coffee, and check it all out. And now if you use code TOURSTORIES10, you can get 10% off at thunderroadguitars.com. Yes, that's me playing guitar. Hello, big news from our friends over at DistroKid. They now have an app. This app works on iOS and Android, of course, and it's available in the Apple Store and Google Play Stores and all the stores where you buy apps. Go check it out. It's got a lot of cool features. You can upload new releases. You can get notified when you've earned royalties. Awesome. You can withdraw from the app via push notifications. A little dangerous for me, but rad. Anyways, go check it out. It's all at distrokid.com app. And don't forget, you can still get 30% off your DistroKid account by going to distrokid.com VIP slash tour stories. Have a great one. We continue to celebrate our friends and partners over at Isotope, and we got some big news for you. The gold standard of audio repair, RX11, is coming in May. In the meantime, you can buy RX10 now on sale and get RX11 absolutely free when it's released. Tour Story listeners get 10% off by using code FRET10. That's F-R-E-T-1-0. All at isotope.com. That's I-Z-O-T-O-P-E dot com. Hey Xavier, how you doing? Man, you know, I'm doing better than some, not as good as others, but you know, I'm just trying to remain grateful through it all. Yeah. Where are you? Are you in Oakland? I'm back home in Oakland, California. I was just I was in Japan two days ago. Oh how you feeling? I'm feeling all right. I mean it was the thing was it was uh it was northern Japan, so it was twenty degrees, snow and oh. blizzards. So it's pretty interesting to be back in sunny Oakland, California. Yeah. And you also, you did you miss the storms at home? You know, I didn't because before I left, there was some serious flooding. Oh, okay. Man, that was a quick trip to Japan for you. Yeah, one week. It was like five days. About Jeez. one week, six days. Well, welcome back. Good to be back. <laughs> did you uh, grow up in Oakland? I did. From about the age 12 on, I grew up in Oakland. Yeah, I grew up in the East Bay from 12 to 16 or so, maybe okay. 17. I've gone back. and Where'd you go after 17? Seattle. Cool. Yeah. So we were around the same time. I think we're around the same age. What school did you go to? Alameda in Pleasanton. Okay, okay yeah. cool. Yeah, and uh, I feel like following you, checking your stuff out, I feel like you got a punk energy, and it just makes oh. me think – Absolutely. We were probably at the same places at the same time. That's a possibility. Were you down at Gilman Street or at Definitely the Stone? Or yeah. Yep. I've been the Stone, Berkeley Square. Yeah. Um, Berkeley Square. Primus yeah, and Green Day, one show. <laughs> uh, what's the other one? Uh, yeah. All them, Gilman. There's just one on Telegraph. I forgot the name of that one. There were, there were, back then, there were so many venues. Man. Yeah. Ruthie's. Anyways. Ruthie's. Yeah, there was just so many venues. 
So you were a little bit into the punk scene, if not a lot of bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I was like how my music is now. I'd just go wherever. Yeah. I'd just go wherever. I was like, oh, there's music. I'm going to check it out. Well, oh, they're having yeah. free, free concerts at People's Park. Let's check it out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I just, I would just go anywhere, you know, going, okay, well, let's, let's check out the white boys. Oh, man, look at them. You know, this is great. <laughs> hey, let's go to the Ashkenaz, check out the reggae and all that, man. It That's was, right. I just went everywhere. Yeah. This might sound old man to me, but man, it seemed it seemed like the climate of live music back then. It was, it was, it was better mixed. It was better I mean, mixed. It's just two different worlds, man. Like yeah. the internet, the internet changed the world, bro. It just this is you know we're like it's like being an alien. You know, can you imagine that there's no cell phone? There's no when you right. want to talk to people, you got to go up and talk to them. Yeah. Imagine that. Tell, tell that to your kids. Yeah. yeah, it's a different world. I think there ha- it had to be, you know, organic and real because that's all there was. I think you know people make albums in their bedrooms now, and they're both. It's all. It's good and bad. I mean, right. I I I like being there, touching it, picking it up, smelling it. You know, that's my vibe. Well, man, I've been listening to this Grandfather Courage record. It's killer oh thank you man i've got the advanced copy and uh the way i warm up sometimes for interviews is play drums and i just played through it you know oh that's sweet yeah yeah that drummer is uh my drummer is he's on it he just is like he's a metronome yeah. but yeah it was fun to make it because you know i got to i wanted to just kind of decompress from the uh album i've never done anything like this and i got my my touring band is actually the guys who i got on the record it was extremely different you know the, putting the mics further away and just one taking and two taking it. Right. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the inspiration and the moment you decided to do that in the process. But um, again, it's a, it's a, I'll just use the word rebirth if that's okay with you uh, of, of white Jesus. And it's an acoustic version of those tunes. Um, yeah. So the premise behind the, this new record is the same as white Jesus. Can you, Give us the brief synopsis of that. I mean, yeah, it's the same story. I mean, it um, it happened during the pandemic. I had a lot of time on my hands, like a lot of people, and I found myself in a hotel room in Atlanta, and um, I just started messing around on the computer, and um, I did something that I never do is I went into one of my inboxes. I never do that because <laughs> they, you, they're just crazy, you know? No offense to anybody out there. <laughs> It's just like this menagerie of like um, insanity. So anyway, I I went on there and I, I was deep diving and I saw someone that said, "Hey, I'm related to you. I know all the you know the deep dark secrets of your family." And I'm like, Whoa. and I get on there and I go to some of these links on um, ancestry. And the first thing I found out is my name was completely made up by my dad. My dad had left his another family and kids and completely, it was all a lie. Everything that he had told us about us was a complete lie. So that was That's heavy. very interesting. It was, it's still heavy, you know? And um, yeah. I remember thinking like, I remember my dad was re- much older than my mother. When I'd be out with him, people thought he was my grandfather. And he was born like in 1905. My mom was 33 years younger. The first thing I thought of, it's like, God, man, 1905. It's like 20 years after slavery. Like, what was in the mind of people, you know, black men at this time? 
especially someone who's progressive and intelligent and thinking outside the box. And I thought, damn, white Jesus, black problems. Like this idea that in the, you know, the turn of the century, you're living in this world, like everything white is right and majestic and pure and great and everything else sucks, you know? <laughs> and um, I think my dad, he was the kind of person like, well, you know what? I, I don't like that. And it was pre-civil rights. That's how old he was. So he was like, you know what? I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to fool these white people. Yeah. He made up this name that no one can pronounce. When it, when you said you, you were like, Hey, I'm not going to pronounce it. I'm like, there it is. It's still working. And so I it think is. it kind of, what it did is it kind of deflected people's racist attitudes. Like they'd be like, Oh, def- oh they, I don't know what to say here. You know? And so it's weird how that worked, but it worked in my whole life. I remember in East Oakland as a kid, being stopped by cops and they'd like look at my name they look at me look at my name look at me they like, just get out of here you know <laughs> and I, I didn't wow. know i wasn't aware of it because i didn't know i just thought well i have this name but i didn't know that that's what it was doing so that's where i came up with why jesus black problems like you know right. it's not i don't think i mean I, i've gotten some flack from both sides i think people more on the left are like, well, it's not militant enough, and your your grandmother's white, and um, we don't have a bad guy, you know, we're, we're yeah. pissed, you know. I and then I think that. people on the right, they just read my title like, you're a racist, you're a reverse racist. Oh, so I couldn't win. I got beat up really bad. By those. When really I just thought, I, you know, I'm an artist, and I thought this is an extremely provocative and um title and interesting topic, and I just wanted to do what I usually do. I mean, I'm thinking if my songs suck. I'm a terrible musician, whatever. But what if I could just be interesting all the time? Yeah. I want when I go into when I go into, like whatever opinion you have of me, I'm like, I always think, you know what? Man, just be interesting. Like make it interesting to you. Make it even a little uncomfortable to you. So that's where it started. And then as I started to delve deeper, I saw that I said, well, let's check out my mother's side. And that was that took me back seven generations to a plantation. In Virginia, a tobacco plantation was the story of a forbidden union of a white Scottish indentured servant woman and a black enslaved man, which happened to be my seventh generation grandparents. And I thought, wow, wow that's the most punk rock shit ever. You know, really in the 1750s, crazy. I'm like, yeah. Wow, man. Exactly, exactly the people that I wanted to be related to, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's an amazing story. And and beautifully illustrated lyrically in, in uh, the White Jesus record, and of course, Grandfather Courage. And I keep saying rebirth. There's there's a lot of life in this acoustic version, Grandfather Courage, and it's really enveloping to listen to. Not that White Jesus isn't, but... That's a whole some, different trip. You yeah, stick your dip. head in the room or something on this, and it's... Yeah, thank it's, you. It's That's really what I killing. wanted. Yeah, yeah. I wanted, to, I wanted you to stick your head in the room because... Yeah. Um, I kind of thought of it like, I thought, what if I was a kid, kind of went back to our time back in the day, and I went to UC Berkeley, and I liked Fantastic Negrito. He's cool. He won Tiny does. But I thought that I didn't really like the way he recorded his stuff, and I was like this obnoxious college student, and I was going to yeah. show, show Fantastic Negrito. And I was that person when I was producing it. Right. It worked. Yeah, it's like a little kid sticking his, his <laughs> head in the in the jam session as parents are doing or something like that. Yeah, yeah that's funny. Um, well, I want to play a, a, a version of both. I'm going to mix them together. Is that cool? I'd love that. All right, here we go. Highest bidder. 
Again, it's really a fun listen. Um, Thank you. So I talked about it a little bit at the beginning, but I kind of want to elaborate on it. I am a touring musician, and I've had the feeling of, let's do a new version of, of that tune. <laughs> and it for me, it happens like it sound checks, someone's fucking around, right? right? Or someone's, or you just hear like a, why'd you pick up an acoustic guitar for this? And then, but yeah. then it changes the whole thing. Oh yeah. Was, was there something like that for you? Was there a little 
tinge of something or I, I think there was a desire to um I don't I don't think people no one can see like kind of behind the scenes the challenges I face with this record, with this story, with this title. It was a very challenging to people. And it's exactly what I wanted to do and it's exactly who I want to be. And I just thought I want to do a refresh and I want to I want to imagine that I, I'm some college kid that wants to show Fantastic Negrito how to make his project even yeah. cooler. So I had to get into character as an actor as I was directing, you know, people because they're looking at me like, what? Like you're doing this, like this is yeah. so different from the record. No one will recognize it. And I said, I thought, yeah. When I'm hearing that stuff, I'm like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, I want that. I think as a, you know, I became known to the world very late in life. I was already a middle-aged guy. And there's a, there's a freedom in being a middle-aged guy doing this. It's like, I don't <laughs> have the pressure that, you know, kids or rappers have. I just go and, oh man, I go into the studio. I do what I want. I do what I want, you know? And I, I love that. This courageous story of my seventh generation grandparents forbidding interracial love in the 1750s is so inspiring. I did a film, I did an album, and now I did a reimagined album. I'm, it's just, I'm so um, encouraged and I'm so inspired by who my descendants were. Yeah. Man, I, and I really love that idea of being someone else redoing yeah. your record. That's a really uh, you have to. creative way to, that's a really w good way to step out. And it's kind of practical. It, well, who knows if it winds up being practical, but it's just like a something to grab onto. That's a, that's a really killer idea. Yeah. It's really, you gotta, you gotta commit though, all the way I had yeah. to. You yeah, gotta right. be like, uh-uh, nope, uh-uh, no, no overdubbing here. Like, no, yeah. this is only, you know, one take here. This is two takes or, yeah, exactly. And it, it can't be the same. And he had some of the criticism is, you, you don't recognize the songs. I'm like, that's what you want. You want to yeah. be someone else. And there's a freedom at this age. It's beautiful. It's liberating. Yeah. It's like you're recording with the wisdom of a grandfather and the freedom of a 17-year-old. I kind of yeah. combined. It's awesome nice man and did you record it all live together it sounds like that oh, i yeah. hear i hear tape i hear tape stopping yeah. and starting i hear maybe a couple laughs here and there maybe yeah. whatever restarts. all together man everybody uh, sit down and i use i usually never do that i'm always like i pieced i like i like to piece stuff together mm -hmm. like oh let's get this piece i love that way but this one i thought no we'll just everybody sit in the room and i never recorded with these guys who are my touring man i'd never mm -hmm ever because i just have like kind of like three guys in different parts of the world and we all record but this was i i love my touring band i thought let's get let's get these guys on a record you know yeah yeah it works it really works and the and like sort of the last thing i'll i want to say about it is you you have a a wide vocal range but you also what's kind of more interesting to me is you have a wide vocal character range you have I, got a lot of character right you got a lot of characters, characters. And, and they're perfectly illustrated and uh on white jesus sometimes there's a guitar doing a, you know when you're in a character doing something loud with it etc right. on this your voice is naked so all of those characters are really like you can hear them all which is a really interesting thing, especially if you're familiar with White Jesus and then you listen to this, you'd be like, whoa, you know? Well, you know, character, you know, I never, 
really was a singer, I had to kind of, you know, try and make myself into some kind of singer. And the way I did it is characters. Yeah. <laughs> you know, just like, oh, yeah, it's, I sound good as this person. You know, I, I never was really a natural singer. Yeah. So that's how it happened. And yeah, it's, um, it's good to, you know, strip down and be naked sometimes, you know. It's, it's a good thing. Yeah. It has a really cool effect on your vocal style. It's, Thank it's, you. It's, um, again, it works. This whole thing, <laughs> I keep saying it works because it, it does. I don't know what else no, I'm, I'm, I'm really happy. I was very happy with the project. You know, I thought it takes a while. I, I don't know if this happens to you. Like you finish with the project, you hear it, you mix it, and then you go through a day of depression. It yeah. all sucks. Yeah. But then yeah. I remember like hearing this and I was like, no, this is really cool. And I was calling up like my people and manager. Hey man, have you guys heard that thing? That thing's pretty cool. Yeah. I just, um, I also go through this sort of negativity and now I'm, I'm done it too many times. I hear the first mix and my first response often is just a exercised response is like, maybe we should change. And I'm like, wait, hold on, hang on a second. I got to stop doing this. You're getting a mix back is... <laughs> I mean, I'm being, I, I don't know. Do you self-produce? Yeah. Yeah. So that's, yeah, that's even me too. And that's, uh, sometimes I wish I didn't, you know, cause it's, yeah. I'm like, okay, you're writing, you're producing, you're singing, you're playing. I, I, sometimes I want the engineer to go take it somewhere else. Right. Yeah. I don't want to recognize it. Go mix it, you know? Yeah. So sometimes that's cool. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes, sometimes it's not. Yeah. I mean, I guess I do both with, with the, bands i've always you know worked with a producer not always but yeah i've done both but all my stuff i'm sitting in a room just listening to myself that's weird like i i've never worked with a producer in my life it's kind of my dream to work with a producer like i've never done it like i've never like, really came... no i think uh i think i'm problematic i think because i'm all over the place right and i think that's the first thing that goes wrong is people are usually we're going to make this kind of record. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and I, I want to be like the Beatles and make any kind of record I want. <laughs> but you're not the Beatles. <laughs> you're the roaches. No, I'm just kidding. Man. Yeah. But yeah, you know what I mean? It's kind of like, yeah, I, lo I love that era. I'm just like, hey, we're just tripping here. We're doing what it it's going. I remember the first record I made, The Last Days of Volca. And people were like, man, my God, what a record. Oh, my God. And then I went to Grammy. I couldn't have never imagined that. So I remember the second record that I made was called Please Don't Be Dead. And I came in. First song I had was like Plastic Hamburgers. And I remember like the engineer going like, oh, my God, like, what are you doing? People were calling me like, dude, you're going to ruin what you just started. I remember this quote, are you making some kind of rock record? And it was just like, I'm like, wow, this is why I don't probably work with producers because right. I don't, I don't want to keep doing the same thing. I want to take chances. I want to take risks. <laughs> I want to skate on danger. I want, I, it's funny. Like, uh, have you lost your mind yet? Which some people are like, man, that's your best record. I'm like, man, that's my safest record where mm -hmm. I was disappointed that I didn't take as many chances, but it is easy to listen to. So it's, I don't know. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Those, those Gram <laughs> I don't know if those. I I was about to say those Grammys don't lie, but those Grammys lie a little bit. But those Grammys are fun too, right? I mean, you know what? I'll be honest, man. I never, never think about the Grammys, man. I just yeah. When it happens, I'm like, oh wow, really? Okay. Yeah. I don't. If you come visit me, you won't even see him, man. I don't even. I don't want. You know. I got gotcha. you. I I, I want to be like you know. Just want to chase 
something, man, that's uncomfortable and great. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm su- surprised when they happen. But I think someone could listen and go like, this, this dude is not trying to win <laughs> Grammys at all. I mean, uh, I think Contemporary Blues, they finally kicked me out of that category this year. And I think I'm, I'm nominated now in like America Roots. Oh, you are? Okay, yeah, because for, for Oh Betty, right? For Oh Betty, yeah, but I mean, I think yeah. they just sort of had enough of me. Because I think people were complaining, you know, I'm like, good. I don't, I don't want to win it, you know. To, I want to make a record that I can be like, wow, this is a great record. Yeah. You can do that, like, I'm going to make the same record. I, if I was in my yeah, 20s, yeah. I would do it. I'm just, again, I want to bring up being middle-aged. It's just fucking amazing. Yeah. Have the freedom. Yeah, yeah, that's great. That's a great yeah. way to look at it. I, I'll, I'm going to take that to heart. Dude, for real, man. Make the right, yeah. Because you want to know why? This is what I say all the time. I just look around the room and I go, you know, man, nobody cares, actually, what I'm <laughs> doing. True. So, so, yeah. so th- this is more of a reason to, you know, just take records. Take them there, man. I remember making a Venomous Dogma and I was like, shit, what am I doing? And I, I want to do that. Yeah. I want to I wanna, I wanna do that, man, like that kind of ascending uh scale to open up a record with on and it, right it just switches and it's like that's yeah that's exciting you know yeah well it doesn't seem to me like you got uh any shortage of more of that you keep them <laughs> it's it's good it's it's you keep it interesting surprising it's really fun thanks and i i i want to yeah well i want to um pivot a little bit from music for a sec can you tell us a little bit about Revolution Plantation? Revolution Plantation, me and my names. They all, you know, it's funny. <laughs> they all come from my grandmother and like that whole part of Virginia. The name first, it came from, uh, I was young. I'm in rural Virginia. The town has 600 people. It's called Nathalie. I'm sitting with my grandmother. And I used to tape everything she said. I'd make videos of her. My mm. grandma tell me about the South. Tell me about Jim Crow. Tell me how hard it was. And I'll never forget that day. Changed my life. She said, she's, they, she always started off with honey. She said, honey, we didn't have no problems with the white folks. And I, I perked up like, wait a minute. This is not the narrative I'm looking for. I'm, right. We're not used to this. And she goes, you know, your grandfather, who I'm looking at now, he's my great-grandfather, um, Benjamin Brown. She said, we had our own farm. And the neighbors had farms. And we all depended on each other. And she's like, we didn't have to ask the white man for nothing. So we rarely, rarely had problems with him. And I, was, I, I just was shocked. I'd never heard it, wasn't taught in school. And um, it inspired me my entire life. And I thought, even I just ideologically, I thought one day to create something that reflected that. And I thought about self-empowerment, doing it yourself not asking for permission. This is, wow, I'm like, yeah, this is where I come from, these people. This is, I'm, this is beautiful. And uh, I'm so much into uh, the idea of agriculture, urban farming, although the last few years, I've, it's been crazy. I haven't been able to get in as much as I'd like to. Um, thought of just, just creating that space where we could share that philosophy. And I thought nothing's more um, empowering and healing and enlightening than simply putting your hands in the soil. And, you know, if you want to start a revolution, man, you know, just grow something. <laughs> and it's so powerful, you know, as you, you grow in this plant and 
it's going to provide for you. And I thought, well, this is a philosophy you could pass on to people that may be in need. It's better than giving them anything. Passing on this philosophy, I mean, people are like plants. You know, if you nurture plants and give them the space and the light and the food and the air and water, the plants, just like people, man, they will produce for you and they will feed you and they will feed your village. And yeah, all this comes from this very self-sufficient, independent philosophy of my grandmother and her and my ancestors. Mm-hmm. Is there a public block or anything that that is the center for revolution plantation? Well, my public block really is, I, I as I branch out, it's like Storefront Records. That's yeah. an extension of it. And what I do, I have a market called Storefront Market. Yeah. And part of that philosophy, revolution plantation is, this is open to vendors, no fee, whatever you make, you keep. All you got to do is be willing to come there, put in the effort, put in the work. And so that's my way of kind of of branching that out. I wanted to turn right. it into, because there's a million um, blocks where people have the, the block right. line. There's a million of those. And again, as being me, I wanted to do something different. Yeah. So I do that every quarter and it's amazing. Within this village, this concept of revolution plantation I have, first of all, I always have a school involved where there'll be talent show for youth. People come, mm-hmm. a space that's amazing to you know express oneself, which we need as youth. Then there's a uh, busking stage. People come and play, pay them. You know, I remember when I used to busk and make nothing. I, I loved people. You get a guaranteed busking. And then, <laughs> and then there's uh, food that represents what the Bay Area, the tongue of the Bay Area, the taste of the Bay Area. And then I have um, something that's dear to my heart. We have like a pet adoption on oh, site, uh, um, rocket, rocket Dog Rescue. So it's, um, you know, live music, pet adoption, food, drink, commerce, yeah. art. Yeah. And, you know, that's ultimately what I, that's revolution plantation. It's not just a farm. It's really what my grandma said. Okay. I mean, back then it was like, oh, it was segregation and Jim Crow and all. Yeah, but this is more like just in life, man, just philosophically like all of us, you know, know how to fight against um, corporatism and whatever else is bringing you down, you know? Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I hope that spreads. Yeah, it is. you know, I'm doing my next one. Actually, the, the Golden State Warriors asked me to come over to San Francisco and bring it there. So it's... Oh, cool. It's, yeah, it, it, it's it's good. It's a good thing. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm going to let you go. I really appreciate your time, man. It was great talking to you. And congrats on Grandfather Courage. It's out February 4th, right? Storefront? 3rd or 4th. Okay, third or fourth. All right. One last question. Are you going to play these acoustic? Yeah, I'm going to uh, Europe in February to, you know, celebrate and have film. What I do is I do a film premiere mm-hmm. in markets, and then afterwards a discussion, and then some acoustic. All right. And that's Great. how you do it. That's like, to me, it's a full circle of reconciliation and healing. Maybe you need a roadie. 
I could put roadie for you. You want <laughs> me to on. carry something? <laughs> Come on. Bring right, it on, man. baby. All right. Um, All right. Well, uh, travel safe when you travel. And um, thanks again. Appreciate you, man. All right. Bye. Peace.
Oh, no.